have you seen the video where it's just the speakers yeah it's hilarious <laughs> everything just comes off the shelves yeah it's pretty funny yeah yeah we're recording aren't we oh we've been recording for a little bit buddy uh hey podcast listeners hey hi <laughs> <laughs> welcome to season four episode two green lantern in which we get that boom boom pow. <laughs> Is that the music video you were talking about? Uh, boom boom pow by the Black Eyed Peas. Yeah, yeah. I, I never seen the music video. Oh uh, no, this well, is it's a not a music video. It's just a video. It's oh. just a video of someone who has their speakers turned up, you know, to the max level they could, and then when the bass drops, just everything on their sh- shelf comes off. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Well, in terms of superhero movie club news. We have a new Facebook follower. Yay. Yay. Okay. I was <laughs> like, oh, don't leave me hanging, guys. <laughs> like Megan Cadillac, who actually ends up, is my uh, old boss at The Reporter. So, no hi, shame. Megan. Thank uh, you. <laughs> no shame. No we'll shame. take all personals and all strangers. Yes. And on Twitter. Not just any stranger, but the stranger, the better. <laughs> That's not the Black Eyed Peas. <laughs> That's hosier. Oh, oh, oh good. Um... I mean, it's we've been pretty busy this week. Have we? We're getting closer to, like, we're all in school, so we're getting closer to finals still. Right. Not to mention Skyward and I are graduating. Oh, ha. So that's like... I'm not. My life, where's it going to go? Who knows? It's all up in the air. I guess I'm moving to Iowa. I'm moving (laughs) to Twin Cities. What's wrong with Iowa? Nothing's wrong with Iowa. Oh, why did I laugh at it then? Yeah, what the heck? Jerk. I went to... I went to... I did my undergrad in Iowa. Yeah, you did. It was, it was like the most miserable thing, and they don't even have good public radio there. Well, that's all we have for updates. No, there's not going to be a X-Men video, unfortunately. Yeah. As much as you guys enjoyed the Green Lantern video, which I'm sure you didn't, but thanks. <laughs> You'll enjoy it anyway. <laughs> oh, and the Captain America. Hey, I put a lot of brain thought into those videos. Yeah, so if you hate them, don't, don't complain about it to the SHMC. Send a direct message to Michael. Yes, that is what will make my Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, whatever. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and how many more episodes we got left in the season? Oh, we got one, two, and then a finale. So three more episodes. Oh, boy. All right, then. So without further ado, season four, episode two, Green Lantern. What a show. <laughs> Enjoy, everybody. Thought you were going to say, what a shame. Welcome to another episode of the Superhero Movie Club. Welcome, everybody. It's hey. going to be a fun one today. Kumbaya. <laughs> <laughs> I'm your comic book cultured host, Michael Maurer, here with the scientific scholar, Ben Anderson, and the music maestro, James Gatherhoutsma. Those movie review podcasts are a dime a dozen. Here at SHMC, we cover everything else about the movies you maybe didn't notice, including their budgets, music, source books, and science. This week, I hope you're ready for... 
Okay, all right. Place the ring and speak the oath. The oath. Because everybody knows the oath. I, Hal Jordan, do solemnly swear to pledge allegiance to a lantern that I got from a dying purple alien in a swamp. To infinity and beyond. By the power of Grayskull, what the hell? Come on, if you can fly me a hundred miles into the middle of nowhere, you'd think that you no! No evil shall escape my sight. Let those who worship evil's might beware my power. Green Lantern's light. Green Lantern. Oh, right. First opinions going on around. I'll go with my left first, since, Ben, you're ironically on my left right now. Yeah, I'm sitting in a different spot because Skylar hates me <laughs> and wants me dead. And won't buy you Chipotle. Yeah. Oh, I'm still <laughs> mad about that. Uh... No, I would this movie was kind of really bad. It was the it was a classic hero with a thousand faces journey like Star Wars or um that one book about dragons that's exactly like Star Wars. Avatar? No. <laughs> Aragon, yeah, that's it. that's the one. Um except it wasn't done well and it was really boring. Um everything about Green Lantern just feels obligatory like no one really cared it's just got really one-dimensional characters poor casting choices ambivalent script and it's not all that fun to watch so you know what i had i had a lot of faith in this film because when it first came out i heard a lot of man that green lantern movie it sucked so but me in my thoughts i'm like you know what it couldn't have been that bad guys and then I watched the movie, and I'm like, oh, it was everything else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The visual effects had Except, ups and downs. Yeah. There were some good ones, and there were some really bad ones. You could tell which ones they you know, funneled the time and money into, and the ones where it's like, okay, we have release in two weeks. The was acting all- wasn't too poor, but uh, <laughs> in some cases... There's a lot of pretty poor acting. I thought Ryan Reynolds is an okay job. I, for one, thought Mark Strong fit Sinestro perfectly. Best casting choice and worst possible movie. Yeah, that's unfortunate because I think Sinestro was actually the shiny moment of this film, even though he was on screen for about eight minutes. He has the one good scene in the movie. Oh, what about when that like enormous jive-talking alien beats up Ryan Reynolds? That was kind of fun. Jive-talking. <laughs> jive-talking. Okay, it's not technically jive, but... <laughs> Um, Whatever. Yes, <laughs> that was, it was a fun scene, right? Yeah, it was still a pretty boring movie from front to back. It all, I think, it all rooted in the script. There was just so many exposition dump scenes, and when the when the opening shot was them being like, was just a voiceover of some dude being like, "Okay, uh, that's Parallax. He's evil. Trust us, he's evil." Um, and that was exactly the same way that Ghost Rider Two started. I was like, <laughs> okay. Like we have, we have an upper bound on how good this movie can be. And <laughs> Do not start with eposition, eposition monologue if you can help it. 
Exposition. Exposition. Oops, my bad. Expositional monologues are a no-go. This had even more than, like, any movie I've ever seen. Yeah, there were a lot of, like, when Tomar Ray, all he did was just dump information about Green Lantern Corps. That's all he did. Poor Jeffrey Rush. Tell, don't show. That's the first rule of bad movie making. Yeah. Now, consider this. I learned more and was more invested in, like, the whole Green Lantern universe in the second episode of Justice League, the one where, you know, the Manhunters and all that stuff. I was more invested in the... Green Lantern universe reading the Wikipedia article <laughs> yes, that's on the very Green Lantern Corps. But let's see if uh, all those monologues paid off in the box office. Hell no. <laughs> all right. Well, how much did it... Like, we said there was a lot of special effects, some bad, some good. So how much money did it cost to make? Okay. Green Lantern uh, tallied up to about $200 million. So that's like high end before getting ridiculous. Okay. Yep. And it brought in... 116.6 in the United States. That's uh, not not targeted. Nope, that's that's pretty bad. Low goals. Half of that was made in its uh, opening weekend. So that's wham, a bad wham. sign. Yeah, foreign gross was 103.3 for a grand total of 219.9. Now, the movie business, as much as it is okay with breaking even, never the goal. Nope. <laughs> also, not deemed a good thing either. No, absolutely not. It's deemed not. an okay thing. <laughs> it, it's deemed a not terrible thing. Yes. <laughs> I'd say it's deemed a slightly terrible thing, yeah. but yeah. Well, Just because with that big floating parallax that mystery known as marketing budget. Oh, yeah. That we don't, Again. That we don't understand. We want the marketing budget numbers. Where do they come from? Where do they go? <laughs> what does it do? How much do they spend on advertising? How much do they spend on putting the Green Lantern on cereal boxes. Who knows? Oh, wait. Actually, Wikipedia knows. It says marketing promotion of the film cost $100 million. Oh, wow. Great. (laughs) Huzzah. (laughs) Okay. I didn't know that Wikipedia had that info. Has it always? uh, It cannot reliably have that information. Uh, Its source is Daniel Frankel from MSN, retrieved October 14th, 2011, and another $100 million to promote it. So someone... Someone said it. Someone, Someone said spilled it. the goods. Yep. And so, let's see here. You, What did you write here, Skyler? Oh, my goodness. Oh, yes. Um, Someone within Warner Brothers said it, said that um, Green Lantern needed to make at least $500 million to be financially solid. Mm. So, it didn't even make half of that. And, uh, like I alluded to, it had about a $56 million opening weekend. 52 maybe. Which is... Good, you know, not bad. But then people saw it, and then it just dropped 66%. Well, let's move on to the story elements and how they're related with their Green Lantern source material. Green Lantern is a character that's been around for since the Golden Age. The character has. This version has been around since the Silver Age, which in case you're wondering, Golden Age, like 1940s, 1950s, Silver Age, 1960s, 1970s, maybe a little a titch of the 80s. And then, you know, it's it's pretty much every 20 years. It's kind of a new age of comic books. And the 90s happened. And, yeah, the 90s were a rough period for comic books. A lot of bad choices were made. But I'm going to work my way up to significant characters because a lot of characters were introduced in this film because Green Lantern has not had a previous film. Or was he even, like, any of his side characters been cameoed in any other film other than the unaired TV pilot of the Justice League of America live action TV show. That was it. That's right. <laughs> and huh. that thing's a piece of work. <laughs> you can find that on YouTube. It's 
absolutely atrocious to watch. Dear God. Worse than this movie? <laughs> oh, yes, oh, unfortunately. Worse, did... worse than Ghost Rider? Uh, yeah, even Worse that. than Dread? <laughs> oh, get out. You got us, you guys. I wonder Skyler doesn't want to buy me Chipotle. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so first we have Green Lantern's best friend, Tom Kelmaku, and he has an unfortunate racist origin because his nickname in the comic books was Pie Face for being in, um, I don't, like, there was a description for why you would call uh, an Inuit Pie Face, and I'm just going to stop saying that word because I don't know, I don't know where its origins come from and how racist it actually is, uh, but he was made in 1960 uh, by John Broom and Gil Kane. Those are the two names I'm going to say a lot because they kind of built the Silver Age Green Lantern characters. John Broom and Gil Kane. Uh, he was an aircraft engineer who was Hal Jordan's best friend, and he's sort of the same thing in the movie. They never said Pie Face, though. No. Good for them. <laughs> I I have the definition for Pie Face, if, okay. if ever you want is it. it. Is, it, is it soft? Yeah, it's, it's a derogatory phrase used by Alaskans to describe people of Eskimo or Inuit descent. Okay. And yeah. their example That's is... That's racist. Yeah, it's totally racist. And their example is, I saw a Pie Face in Anchorage who looked like he was lost. Uh, we should stop saying that word. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. On the count of three, everyone just say pie face. And no, no, we're good. I'm already cut myself off. You can use that word if you want, but <laughs> I'm not, I haven't said it yet. <laughs> All right. Uh, next up, we have Amanda Waller and her six minutes in the film. And ironically, she's a much bigger character in the comic book universe, made in 1968 by John Ostrander, Len Wayne. Wine, Len Wine. I think it's wine. Ween. Ween. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Len Ween and John Byrne. I have here written that she's boss bitch because she is always shoehorned as like the government liaison to metahumans. Like she is the person who can control metahumans while being involved in the U.S. government. So she constantly comes up as like an anti-hero because she has the U.S. nation's best intentions at heart. She doesn't trust any superheroes ever. But in the movie, no. <laughs> She's just a scientist that dies, right? No, she doesn't. He did that that weird thing where like she was falling and then he made a pool of water or something or gelatin. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she got to run away. Uh, next up, Carol Ferris, Blake Lively's character, made in 1959 by Bruman Kane. And she is, of course, Green Lantern Hal Jordan's girlfriend. And she has a wonderful Gwen Stacy syndrome because... She eventually turns into a villainess called Star Sapphire, which is just another re- or like a jewel jewelry powered person, like Green Lanterns are. Oh, okay. And she's powered by love instead of will, but she eventually loses her memory and hates Hal. Isn't she the color purple? Or yeah, something? violet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Violet. <laughs> yeah, we I go did, on the spectrum. I did my research for this one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, she has a lot of unnecessary backstory that the film did not touch on. Basically, she's just the the love interest in the film and didn't really go any farther than that, unfortunately. And finally, we have the Green Lantern Corps, and that was also made in 1959, which is, of course, consistent of all those blue men in high chairs who are emotionless and called the Guardians of the Universe. Like the the actual blue man group. (laughs) Yes, exactly. And you have characters like Tamar Ray, Kilowog, who were in the film, and Sinestro. Sinestro's big because... Like, he eventually becomes Hal Jordan's nemesis, wearing that yellow ring and yelling at people and being t- t- 
totalitarian all over the place. I love Sinestro. I think he's one, he's one of my favorites. He's a justifiable villain. And Hector Hammond, the worst character in this movie, arguably? No, not arguably. The worst you, character. You could argue. You could make arguments for many other characters. Being worse than yeah, Hector than, Hammond? Than screaming testicle head. <laughs> That's Seriously. what he was. He was the Nick Cage of this movie because there were a couple scenes where they're like, oh, man, this is awful, but it's kind of entertaining just to watch him twitch around. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, I'm just looking at photos on Google of both him in the movie but also him in the comic book. Oh, let me it's describe just, that. Oh, yeah. uh, it's just nasty. Created in 1961 by, oh, I don't know, Broom and Kane, and he's super intelligent due to exposure to a magic meteor that he was next to when it landed. Unfortunately, what it also did was made his head huge. And in the movie, they they actually downsized it. While they gave him a grotesquely big head... Grotesquely? (laughs) (laughs) His face looks like balls. That's... We're not going to shy away from that fact. But in the comic books, it's like he can't actually walk around. His head is so big that he has to, like, strap it to, like, a thing on the ceiling. Otherwise, he just falls over. And they did get to a point in the movie where it's like, his head is so big, he needs to get the wheelchair out just to move <laughs> around. Which falls in line with what I'm seeing here. Yeah. Although, he, could just like, oh, he could just, like, drive around in a bumper car and strap it to the pole that goes up to the... <laughs> <laughs> and finally, we have a Parallax... Made in 1994 by Jeff Johns and Ethan Van Shiver. What were we saying about the 90s? It was a a bad bad time. Well, you know what? I think Parallax is a good time because, you know, Jeff Johns helped expand the whole Green Lantern spectrum to include all of those where we'll get to the whole emotional spectrum. But Parallax is the entity of fear, and he was originally retconned as being trapped in the power battery of the Green Lantern Corps' main, like, the giant Green Lantern on the planet, and that's why Green Lanterns have a weakness to the color yellow, is because they get all of their power from the Entity of Fear. Yeah, the Guardians do some messed up things. They constantly do messed up things. It never (laughs) ends, really. And finally, Green Lantern, made in 1959. Hal Jordan was uh, created in 1959 by Broom and Cain. There was the Alan Scott version, which was much earlier in the Golden Age. But this is the Silver Age Green Lantern. And then there are others, the African-American John Stewart, the artist Kyle Rayner, the D-bag Guy Gardner, <laughs> who is a favorite. And uh, like the current one is Simon Baz, I believe. And he's Pakistani, I think. Uh, he's sure. He's Middle Eastern. Hmm. They're, they're all different lanterns of Earth. And none of them age or, like, die because comic books, they just keep adding more and nobody ages. I would describe all of the backstory of Green Lantern, but I don't have eight hours <laughs> or eight days is what it would take because Green Lantern has had so many storylines, so many developments. He's become Parallax at one point. A lot of bad things have happened when that when that happened. He's become the Spectre. He's died. He's come back to life. It's lots of story. I'm going to end it right there. Comic book craziness ensues. Look at the Wikipedia page. <laughs> Music. Hit me. Music time. Green Lantern score is made by James Newton Howard, who you might recognize from a series of film called Batman. Specifically, Batman Begins and Dark Knight. Oh, wait, what? Yeah. I thought Zimmer did those. They teamed up for him. Oh, okay. And clearly that was what was going through the skull of whatever producer hired him, because it's like, hey, the guy did Batman. Let's, like, let's get him for Green Lantern. What can go wrong? Gotta have some nerd cred. 
Yeah, exactly. Let's take a listen to a track called We're, We're going, going to Fly Now. And what's and this is the moment where they say that? Yes. They're going to fly. And you might have heard just a little taste of that. But when I think Green Lantern uh, movie score by James Newton Howard, there's one thing I think of. Synthesized drum beats. Hit it. me a lot of the dread soundtrack it there's some similarities for sure um what was that one called that was called eureka fear from the aforementioned mark strong's one good scene where he basically curb stomps ryan reynolds in training i'm not gonna say this is a good soundtrack it's it's lacking a, <laughs> okay it's like <laughs> it's lacking an overall like theme to it i would say i mean there's a quote-unquote theme but green lantern just has nothing memorable about it no Except, of course, like I said, synthesized drum beats. Let's listen to a little bit more of that in this track called Run. I'll be honest. A lot of the times when you do this section, Skyler, I can remember these songs partially in my head. Mm-hmm. These, no. Like, the music that never grabbed me in Green Lantern, unfortunately. And it's no. a shame because like, these aren't bad songs. No, not. I mean, there's a reason I picked them out to listen to because. They aren't like, I always reference the Wolverine long tones. Right. But, you know, there's some redeeming qualities to it. I think just when oh, yeah. you mix it and the movie, it's like. It just cancels it all out, really. Yeah. Let's get to the good song. All right. Well, the good song is The Core, which plays over the uh, end credits, and I guess is close to what you would call a Green Lantern theme.
Oh, I love that guitar sound. Yeah. You should just listen for that. To be fair, like, how do you even go into a project like this and have the director be like, yeah, we need a sound that's really Green Lantern. And it's like, I don't even know what that is. So going <laughs> well, forward. Imagine Ghost. Well, I suppose. Let's, I mean, when you say that, doesn't that apply to a lot of comic book heroes? Well, you know, you were going to mention Ghost Rider. You got no, no, no. Ghost Rider's fine. Yeah, I, Ghost I, I took, I'm taking that one back yeah, okay. because Ghost Rider's pretty balls to the wall. Right. But, but I'm thinking, like, Green Lantern can be ethereal. It can be spacey. Right. It can it's be, like, ethereal, <sighs> you mouth-breathing casual. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Ben, uh, for your kind words and you. your kind corrections. <laughs> Thanks for I'll- buying me Chipotle, by the way. <laughs> you owe me $12. That was 12 bucks. It was $11. That was eleven bucks. It was eleven bucks. Uh, I cheap. did get double meat, didn't I? You got guac, oh, and a drink yeah. on my money. So eleven dollars. Thank you. I would have gotten a margarita, but I can't bring them into the studio. <laughs> they're also eight dollars. Oh, now they're seven dollars and ten cents. Okay, thank yeah. you, Ben. Again, oh, <laughs> unless you get the one that doesn't have Patron in it, then you may as well just shoot yourself in the foot. <laughs> Skyler, any more you'd like to say on Mr. Howard's score? Interesting experiment. Uh, looking forward to hear how future composers' take on Green Lantern is going to be different. Ah, uh, yes. Ooh, we could have a speculation section in this episode. You just Ooh, reminded me. That's right. Okay, it's not going to be not long. Over. Yeah. And science. Science. <laughs> this movie's enemy. This. Uh, <laughs> if I were to point out like everything that's wrong. You know, on a scientific level with this movie, we could have an hour just for that. Um, but that's not the point of this section. It's to find things that are also kind of right. Yeah, let's start off with what they get wrong. Um, <laughs> there's this little thing called conservation of mass and energy, and it basically says you can't just create energy out of nothing. It has to come from somewhere. And so creating constructs out of pure energy would just be, like, that energy has to come from somewhere, right? It comes from your will, dude. Yeah, but like now, future technology. Can we speculate that you can the brain waves that we, the energy that your brain waves give off? Well, okay, can be transferred into different energy. Consider this: we can create particles out of pure energy, but we do this in particle accelerators at CERN, the LHC. You know, the whole Higgs boson thing. Mm-hmm. The God particle. Yeah, don't call it that. Okay. Um. So what they do there is they take particles and they get them going really fast they give them a ton of energy they smash them together like that (laughs) Uh, i hope that came across on the mic it did oh good and then it turns into a soup of energy i guess and then it recombines into other particles and so yeah so are green lanterns doing this all the time i guess but like if the ring is that immensely powerful then it it's straight up magic (laughs) well the giant lantern i was always figuring you know on oa was the big particle accelerator also, and then it's just okay also when the constructs disappear that's a bunch of mass disappearing so you have to have a corresponding increase in energy so every time ryan reynolds builds a fighter jet in space uh there should be a gamma ray burst and life on earth would be obliterated oh wow yeah okay yeah didn't know that so i don't know if i, I mean i'd ask you to explain that yeah. i don't know what that means at all why uh, you would create a gamma ray burst. Gamma ray burst is a particularly vicious form of radiation. Yeah. And you create it when you create fight. Oh, because fighter jets are just 
So if you have massive mass, amounts of energy. if you have mass and you want to make it disappear, you have to turn it into energy. And if it's going to be a, like if you have enough mass, it's going to be a high enough level of energy that it's going to have to be gamma rays. Okay. Big things are going to explode. Yeah, it's just a really big explosion, and there's nothing good that happens when that during a gamma ray burst. All right, let's move past all the magic nonsense. Let's talk about relativity and traveling through space. Okay. And the speed of light is finite, right? Sure. It's, it's like three times ten to the ninth meters per second. E equals mc squared. Yeah, c is c is a constant. C is the speed of light. And so, if you're Ryan Reynolds, aka Hal Jordan, and you're dragging parallax through space towards the sun, you you have to be going slower than the speed of light. So it's going to take you at least like eight to ten minutes to fly to the sun. Mm-hmm. And so I, I'm just, I'm just like trying to picture, picture like Hell Jordan and Parallax just like awkwardly going through space for like ten minutes, <laughs> and Parallax being like, "Hmm, the sun's getting awfully close. I wonder, I wonder what's going on with that. <laughs> I wonder, hmm, it's getting a bit toasty. <laughs> Maybe I should use some of these eight minutes to, you know, escape, <laughs> go back to Earth and eat everything. And yeah, uh, anything else, Ben? I hate this movie so much. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Is there anything you want to talk about? Okay, how about, you know, the point at which your head has to be so big that you can't Ooh, walk anymore? That's a great question. Oh, that's that's uh, more of a medical issue. Um, right. Then it would be really easy for you to just tip over. I could do some back of the napkin, napkin uh, calculations to tell you that, but I don't think it would be that interesting. Okay. <laughs> but... I was really hoping you would know more about psychology, Ben, uh, so that we could discuss the emotions becoming colors. I can tell you that telekinesis isn't a thing. Yeah, okay. No what, what? no foundation for telekinesis at all? No. Not at no. all. Okay. One day. That's enough science because, I mean, oh, boy. It's oh, not a okay. Whole lot. The yeah? other, okay, back to relativity. When, Ra- when, when, when <laughs> Ryan Reynolds, why do I call him that? I'm going to call him that. When Ryan Reynolds flies out to the... Green Lantern Corps headquarters, which is presumably many thousands of light years away, and then he flies back. Since he can't go faster than the speed of light, then everyone he knows should already be dead for many <laughs> thousands of years. But magic, so uh, <laughs> this movie's dumb, and I hate it. There, there's no. Well, that's I mean, that's what happens in the comics. He doesn't teleport anywhere. He flies. Yeah. So, but I mean, it does obstruct science completely because they yeah. go across space so fast. We try to accept those moments, but like, you <laughs> can't forgive this movie for anything though, because it's just movie's so dumb. You forget that you know in your science section, there's this whole spiel about fighter planes and remote control and all that crap in the beginning of the movie, and then it goes away because magic. Oh yeah, because they were originally testing remote controlled fighter jets. Oh yeah, which I'm totally a thing. Yep. Right. Yeah. They're called drones. Drones. That's a hot topic. And they're watching you poop. (laughs) (laughs) The NSA is very interested in that. All right. Well, let's get to fun facts. Actually, before, we'll do quick speculation. Just a titch of speculation. Green Lantern's coming back. Yeah, in the Justice League movie in two years. And then in his own movie in, like, 2020. Yay! They scheduled it as far back as possible. That's true. He is last on the DC Universe docket. Right. So, but was uh, any anybody attached? Uh, no one is attached at this point. Uh, uh, El Mayimbe 
from Latino Review says apparently Warner Brothers has found their person, but okay. they haven't announced it yet. I know Tyrese Gibson from uh, the Fast and Furious movies has been lobbying pretty heavy for the John Stewart role. But I see. Do you think have they announced if they're going John Stewart or Hal Jordan? I want to say yes. They have announced with the John Stewart, but I I won't say for sure. Okay. Uh, fun facts: emotional spectrum. Let me just explain this real quick. The Green Lantern Corps is Roy G. Biv, right? Oh yeah. Red, orange, yellow. All of those colors on the visible spectrum have rings, and they're all tied to emotions. Red is rage. Orange is avarice. Green is will. Roy, Roy, yellow fear. Blue hope. Violet love. Indigo compassion. Oh. Which I mean, love and compassion. Apparently, except that indigo is just blue. Mm. The people who invented Roy G. Biv just were like, "Oh, we need seven because it's a, it's a nicer number than six. Okay. <laughs> well, anyway, that's what the the whole Green Lantern Corps is all about, and. The whole space universe stuff. That's just a fun thing to look into. They didn't touch on that barely at all in the film, other than green and yellow are it. But it yeah. would, it's what makes the comics interesting. Like, like I said earlier, reading about the uh, emotional spectrum of the of the Green Lantern universe was way more interesting than watching this movie. I agree to just that. Just reading Wikipedia. I yep. Actually, I've heard other people do the same thing. <laughs> what else you got on the list here, Sky Guy? Okay, well... You'd never know it, but the writing team behind this afterbirth of a movie, Ooh. Mark oh, Guggenheim, man, no, <laughs> yeah, okay, Greg Berlanti and Mark Guggenheim, uh, they would actually go on after this movie to write a little show, also based on a DC character called Arrow. And guess what? You would never know it because that show is actually pretty decent. Well, it's also grounded in realism as much as superhero shows like to be grounded in realism it's getting more towards fantasy it is like second season after that it's like okay we're just going to do the dc thing now instead of the (laughs) nolan thing now yep also there were a take a look at who might have gotten the role of green lantern bradley cooper was the director's choice uh director martin campbell yes who's known for both casino royale and goldeneye oh good for him I don't know why <laughs> this movie came out of that. Mm-hmm. But, uh... but he wanted Bradley Cooper, and I and it, it's reported here that the studio snuck behind him, Ryan Reynolds. And there was a lot of conflict on set between the two. Really? Yeah. And you know what? That might have added to why the movie was so bad. <laughs> yeah. Because if your director and your actor don't get along on a regular basis, I'm sure it wasn't constant this, but if they don't get along on a regular basis, you're probably not going to have a good time. No. And neither will your audience. <laughs> it's very true. Any more fun facts on this film? Wasn't a whole lot to find on this. I think a lot of people wanted to bury this film as quick as... I know Warner Brothers wanted to bury this film as quick as possible. Man of Steel, push it through! Batman next year, Man of Steel after that. Okay, didn't they want this to be the launch pad for their expanded DC Universe? They were intending for it to be. That's why you know they introduced uh, Amanda Waller. I think there's a a nod to the city the flash takes place yep. in central city has a has a quick little bloop yeah so and you know carol ferris's expanded history as well as oh yeah that mid credits <laughs> cliffhanger where sinestro becomes sinestro <laughs> yeah he goes from green to yellow <laughs> if you're ever, if you're ever watching like movie channels on the tv and you come across this just change the channel and drink to forget <laughs> oh. 
<laughs> oh, also, sadly, this was also one of uh, Michael Clark Duncan's last roles. Mm. You know what? He was solid in this film. He was. He had like three lines, but he was solid. Yep. I think everyone who didn't have to show their face was really good. Yeah, exactly. Except for the Guardians and Parallax. This this movie also shot in New Orleans for anyone who gives it. So let's move on to our final section because of this movie. Yeah. So give me a what do you think happened directly because of this film, comedic or realistic? Because of this movie, we won't be getting another Green Lantern movie for another almost decade. <laughs> yes. Because of this movie, we have power couple Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively. Oh, really? I had no idea. Did they meet on this film? Possibly. I don't remember them being married before this film. I don't remember them being married at all. But uh, that's just because Ryan Reynolds hasn't about. been anything for the last three years, cause, but, uh, except for R.I.P.D. Uh, and we didn't mean anything worth mentioning. Yes. Teehee. Teehee, teehee. Uh, because of this movie, uh, Sinestro shaved off his mustache, traveled back in time to the 1940s, and founded Hydra. <laughs> uh, because of this movie, a 19-year-old version of me sat in a pretty abandoned uh, th- movie theater at midnight and contemplated his life choices. <laughs> I feel as if with every bad movie, you say that same thing. What? I, it was. I was 20 years old. I was 20 years old, alone in a theater. Oh wait, that's usually. And you're really... always contemplating your life choices. Maybe I just contemplate my life choices. You're just a contemplative person. Exactly. (laughs) Because of this movie, Mark Strong got shirked in yet another role. I'm sorry, I'm such a big fan of Mark Strong, and I don't think he has had his shining moment yet. I think his his acting ability is off the chain, yo. Oh, because of this movie, there was someone actually asked for an extended cut. (laughs) (laughs) And we got it. Nine extra minutes. Of expositionary dialogue exactly because of this movie this is the second superhero movie to feature a giant smoke cloud as the main villain thank you fantastic four Two: rise of the silver surfer about as uh well was, received who, why would they make the silver surfer a black cloud no black they make galactus. galactus doesn't galactus isn't he just a dude with a purple hat yes that's kind of why they made him a cloud it was a directorial choice unfortunately oh. That sounds really dumb. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it almost could have worked. Well, say, shame, say, Gal- say it with me. This is our new catchphrase. We'll get to that. <laughs> we'll get to that. It's a shame because Galactus is really cool. Oh, because of this movie, Hot Wheels stock dropped by like 23%. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Don't you mean increased? They got free advertising. No. Uh, no. <laughs> it dropped because people are like, man, car tracks are really dumb. <laughs> and also, it's not 1997 anymore. Uh, okay. Oh, uh, because of this movie, I probably failed my linear algebra test that I took this morning because you motherfuckers made me watch <laughs> Green Lantern. <laughs> you never have to watch the movies, Ben. I hadn't seen this one, so I was like, I should watch it. And then mm-hmm. I was like, I shouldn't have done that. Because okay. I will supply you with science topics because I always watch the movies before. I'm so sorry. Um, this was an actually easy one to remember because it's so simple. There's a lot of distinct moments in this film that just make you go, why is this happening? <laughs> what is going on? Because of this movie, I have something in my brain that I wish I could just release. Is it parallax? <laughs> is that why your head is swelled five <laughs> times its normal size? You don't know me. <laughs> I've loved her since the moment I met her. 
Oh. Ah! Man, now, now every time, now because of this movie, every time I take a selfie and my face looks fat, I'm going to be like, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. I'm possessed by, by a giant yellow smoke monster. Because of this movie, we got the power couple Parallax and Smoke Monster from Lost. <laughs> I, I will go down with that ship. Or will I get down by B44? <laughs> the best Canadian boy band of the late 90s, early 2000s. <laughs> They're the nickelback of Canadian boy bands. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that from you, Ben. Yeah. All right, I think that's going to wrap it up today. Superhero Movie Club is recorded and produced in the studios of KMSU in Mankato, Minnesota. If you want to tweet any questions or comment to us or to continue discussion on this show's topic, follow us on Twitter at SuperheroMC. Make sure to subscribe on iTunes so you can catch every episode as it comes out on Friday. And please give us a five-star rating. Not to mention like us on Facebook to keep up to date with us throughout each week. Next show's topic is X-Men First Class. Usually we say something, but everyone blank. <laughs> Everyone's just looking at each other like, uh. Because like... No, like... Okay, we have the script here. It says next show's topic is X Men First Class, and then it says that will do it for today. Yeah, but, but I, w- I give us time to react to what next show's topic is going to be. Give a little like preview as to what people are into. Yeah, because like when we said Green Lantern, we were all like, "Oh yeah, can't wait to rag on Green Lantern." See, I, I, I feel I feel like X Men First Class. I, I watched it. I found it completely unmemorable, which is why I didn't say anything after I announced it. You know, like a grilled cheese sandwich. I don't remember the last grilled cheese sandwich I had, but I like a, I like myself a grilled cheese sandwich. Doesn't mean it's bad. Yeah, exactly. I just don't remember it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I love grilled sh- cheese sandwiches, especially if you make them with like Munster cheese. Mm. <laughs> okay. Munster cheese and we're good. Bread. We're good. <laughs> That'll do it for today. That'll do it for today. Uh, I'm your host, Michael. Uh, I'm Skyler, and I'm Ben. I hope you all have a super week. Flying through the cold of space It seems I've yet to find my place I'm guarding 2814 I don't know why it's chosen me But from the corner of my eye I catch a glimpse of evil light The fear tries to swallow me Like I'm just some guy with an emerald